Hello and welcome to the Zip Files, a technology news catch-up show for the busy millennial. This week, our main story is on how Facebook broke our hearts. But we'll make sure to pepper you with all of the other interesting stories that came out of tech this week. Now, we do news a little bit differently here at the Zip Files. We're down with the kids, cool, hip, whatever you know. And in that spirit, we'll be meeting Niall this week. In sound bites dotted throughout the show, you'll get to know him. Think of this as the Zip Files equivalent of speed dating. Anyway, sit back and relax. Let me lead you through the world of technology news. A woman was killed in Arizona last Sunday after being struck by one of Uber's self-driving cars. The video footage of the incident shows the victim stepping into the car's path from a dark patch in the middle distance. The safety driver had his eye off the road at the time, but experts say that the collision would have been virtually unavoidable in any case. Uber have suspended their autonomous car testing and others have followed suit. Although this is a tragedy, it is important to remember that the self-driving car revolution will save lives. We humans are terrible drivers and nearly 1.3 million of us die in road accidents every year. Parents have been plonking their children in front of YouTube Kids for a while now. It's a standalone app meant to serve only kid-appropriate content. They dropped the ball. In Revelation this week, we heard of how conspiracy videos had found a home on YouTube Kids. A search for the moon landing would bring up three videos professing to its fakery. Flat Earthers Abounded and David Icke's ramblings on how the world is run by lizard people were recommended. One minute a kid is watching Ninja Turtles, the next he's accusing his mum of being a de-shelled reptile. YouTube apologised and removed the offending content. Alright, this is a bit of an open-ended one, but interpret it how you will. What do you believe in? Um, believe in the potential of science. Uh, everything I believe really strongly about, I think, can be benefited or need, need science. Um, specifically, everything to do with the environment and humanity in the next 100 years, I think, requires scientific or engineering solutions, be it climate change, agriculture, um, urban development, how cities are going to grow, all of these things. I basically like look to like Elon Musk and people like that, but they're the ones who are going to be solving it. So yeah, I believe in science. It's not going to be good, I reckon. Big him up, though, if he's, if he's listening. <laughs> yes! No offence. No offence. BlackBerry used to be a big deal, both in the world of business and in the world of social. In fact, I do remember measuring my success as a 15-year-old by how many people's BBM details I'd managed to gather. Anyway, in 2016, after years of embattled losses to Android and iPhone, BlackBerry announced they would stop making phones. Not much has happened in the interim. But this week, the stock jumped 5% on an announcement that BlackBerry would be partnering with Microsoft to provide security for its Office apps. Dropbox provided some much-needed cheer this week as they successfully IPO'd on NASDAQ. There has been fear that privately funded companies are overvalued and they would never reach such valuations on the public market. Dropbox went away to reassuring the industry that this might not be the case as their market cap climbed several billion dollars over the 10 billion that it was valued at in its last funding round as a private company. 
The digital goods industry isn't new. In fact, the idea of paying for cosmetic or performance upgrades in virtual worlds is well established, if not sometimes controversial. EA, I am looking at you. However, it's not strange to think that with the advent of more and more realistic virtual experiences, that the digital goods industry will see a massive upsurge. Anderson Horowitz, a world-renowned venture capital firm, see this trend and led CryptoKitties $12 million funding round. CryptoKitties offers the ability to buy, breed, and collect digital cats on the blockchain. Welcome to this week's Long Listen. Move fast and break things isn't an encouragement to run everywhere wearing porcelain trainers, but rather a guiding philosophy that is widely espoused in startup land. Reid Hoffman, founder of LinkedIn, expands on this. As an entrepreneur looking to build a company, he says, your best bet is jumping off the proverbial cliff and building an aeroplane on the way down. Basically, don't faff about, just get started, innovate, build something imperfect and fix it later when it's clear that people actually want your product. It's a pretty successful approach, but as you can imagine, if you have to build an aeroplane whilst hurtling towards the ground, you might not be so concerned about the nice-to-haves that won't directly bring you closer to not dying. In the case of a plane, perhaps you'd forgo the seating, forget about adding a hold, maybe even ignore installing a windshield. No time, who cares, you'll handle it in the future if you're not Beetlejuice. And then, by some miracle, your plane actually works. You pull up on the broom handle joystick and glide away from the rocks below. It's all good. You've bloody done it. But you forget that the soft sea breeze on your face is a design flaw, that really your cockpit should have a windscreen. And then, sweet Mary Joseph Jesus, a seagull trained in the art of kamikaze, greets your face with a smush. Disoriented, discombobulated, and probably even unconscious, you lose control and your eagerly fashioned plane plunges into something which doesn't feel so good. Move fast and break things is great if you're building something like Angry Birds, an app where a poor design choice might at worst lead to an impossible level, but can be dangerous if you're in the business of handling sensitive information. If Visa turned around tomorrow and were like, lol, we got them, you know, put together a portable bank bit of ban, you know, probably isn't very solid, but here you go. I'd probably steer clear of it for fear that someone might steal my student debt. The big story this week, Facebook have been wildly irresponsible with our data, and I think we can partly blame the move fast and break things philosophy. Facebook have been wildly irresponsible with our data. Okay, let's start from somewhere vaguely resembling the beginning. Christopher Wiley, no relation to wearing my Rolex Wiley, left school at the age of 16 without any qualifications. This was no reflection on his intelligence. In fact, by 17, he was already working in the office of the leader of the Canadian opposition. At 18, he took himself off to learn about the wonders of data from Obama's National Director of Targeting, bringing this newfound superpower back to aid the Liberal Party in Canada. At 19 years old, he taught himself how to code, and then hopped on a real plane, one with a windshield, and came over to London at 20 to study law at LSE. But Christopher is a political creature, and so found his way into helping out the Liberal Democrats while studying. He's a bright guy. 
he got his law degree and went on to a PhD in fashion forecasting. Whilst PhDing, Wiley came across a paper on how personality traits could be a precursor to political behaviour. This he found very interesting and presented to the Lib Dems, arguing that they could target those whose personalities were predisposed to liberalism and get them on side. Unfortunately for Wiley, they didn't share the same enthusiasm for his scheme. Then came along Alexander Nix, CEO of SCL Elections, a company that used something like cyber warfare to influence the direction of democracy. Nick's proposition was compelling. Come over to us, Wiley, and you can have total freedom to pursue your ideas. The Canadian fashionista data nerd Politico couldn't at the time see what was to come. He would later open up to a reporter from The Guardian. The thing I think about all the time is, what if I'd taken a job at Deloitte instead? You know, they offered me one. I just think if I'd taken literally any other job, Cambridge Analytica wouldn't exist. Cambridge Analytica. These are the bad guys. They are Facebook seagull. Cambridge Analytica is the company that SCL elections effectively transitioned into. The two are, for all intents and purposes, one and the same. CA was founded on the premise that to change politics, you need to first change culture. So, if you want to convince someone to vote a certain way, you must understand their culture and then systematically shift it beneath them. CA saw Facebook as their tool for this cultural manipulation. And with the backing of uber-wealthy hedge fund manager and avid Trump supporter Robert Mercer, they began siphoning user data from the platform. An academic by the name of Alexander Kogan did this bit for them. He created a personality quiz app on Facebook that asked for users to grant it access to their data and the data of their friends. And so by way of this spider network, by which a single user would on average have 160 friends, Kogan quickly gathered some 50 million Facebook user profiles filled to the brim with their private data. Per the agreement, Kogan then handed this data over to CA, who used it to create psychographic profiles of the users. From this, the company was able to use Facebook's advertising network to micro-target these individuals with ads specifically designed to encourage a vote for Trump. It is not melodramatic to say that this was a direct assault on democracy. CA have been under investigation now for years over their tactics. But this week, Wiley's conscience impelled him to blow the whistle on his company's unethical and illegal actions, whilst also revealing that Facebook had dramatically failed to protect its users' private data. Alexander Nix was suspended by CA shortly afterwards. But as Facebook's stock plummeted, its CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, was nowhere to be found. The world was in uproar at the Facebook data breach, only it wasn't really a breach. In fact, Facebook had willingly given access to its users' private data, a design choice rooted in the move fast and break things philosophy and wildly irresponsible. A call to delete Facebook went up around the internet. Most notably, Elon Musk acquiesced, deleting both the SpaceX and the Tesla Facebook pages. But in truth, no significant number took up the cause. People might not like Facebook nor trust it, but they are all too often hooked. Whether that be your average Joe consumer or a large multinational using them to advertise, it's a platform that is difficult to leave. Zuckerberg eventually stepped before the news media and, in a frenzied Wednesday, apologized widely, suggested Facebook should be regulated, said he would go in front of Congress to answer questioning, and promised to fix Facebook. The social network have royally effed up with our private data, but then who can blame them in a culture of move fast and break things? Well, we can. We can blame Facebook for pursuing profit by prostituting our data. We can blame Facebook for building a platform so open to abuse, for not feeling the need to disclose maleficence when it was discovered. 
So what is likely to come out of this scandal? Well, hopefully the realization that regulation over data protection is in urgent need. This regulation is likely to come from Europe, which has shown a stronger resolve when it comes to restraining the harmful pursuits of big tech. From Trump, we won't see anything meaningful, but that's no surprise when this very scheme helped him to sit in his current house. Move fast and break things is increasingly looking like the coal that drove the tech industry's dirty industrial revolution. In the future, companies won't be able to haplessly stoke the fires of innovation without serious thought for safety. You can't build a plane without a windshield when you're running a passenger service. No matter how fast you want to move, there are simply some things that are too important to risk breaking. One of them, one of them is democracy. learn about yourself from your previous relationships uh first level uh no first level one doesn't count it's too young um second one to just like realize it (laughs) 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 second one big up heartbreak big up heartbreak um (laughs) shout out to ali wong um that your that your friends are uh just as important and like equally important so um when it ends it's not like the end of the world you always have um other things like just as good um third one i don't know it was incredibly amicable um probably make more effort um a little bit more effort i reckon be a bit more mature um but also I, I wasn't that old i'm still not old i'm still not very mature so i probably made that exact mistake um just like you let you learn stuff like that yeah yeah criminals have long known that their phones are a point of vulnerability something that can incriminate them and send them to prison this has only become more true this week upon revelations that google has been cooperating with police requests for mobile data In two homicide cases, Raleigh police detectives were able to obtain data recorded by Android phones and location-enabled Google apps from devices that were in the vicinity of a crime at the time it was committed. Tesla's shareholders voted this week to approve a staggering pay deal for their CEO Elon Musk. The deal is split into 12 tranches of stock that can be won by Musk if he hits certain milestones, with a total potential windfall of $55 billion. The incentives are focused on hitting revenue and market cap goals rather than profitability. This isn't necessarily a very healthy way of approaching long-time growth, but is clearly seen by its shareholders as Tesla's best bet. With greater market cap comes the ability to raise larger and larger rounds of funding, a resource which can then be used to scale the company quickly. The music industry saw its second consecutive year of revenue growth as it grew 16.5% in 2017. No, this isn't because your mate Bazza has realized vinyls are cool. It's because of music streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music, whose paid subscriber base grew 56%. All things said and done, bottles of champagne will be popped. But for context, it is important to note that 2017's $8.7 billion revenue figure is a far cry off the industry's $14.6 billion 1999 peak. 
but those were Britney's glory days, something we can't realistically hope to see again. What do you wish someone would ask you? You know what? I can't. I think a question that more people should be asked. Really interesting. Um, I haven't needed uni for a, a long time. This is kind of like reminiscent of the first year. You know, like all that. You, you do. You have like a lot of chatter in first year that's like very, very like meaningless. And in doing so, you like learn to value like really good conversation. Um, that like when you move into a house in second year and stuff like that, you, you love more. And things that I noticed going from like uni or like a smaller city back to London is uh, how a lot of people literally just chat about like internships and, and jobs and they're super stressed the whole time. They talk quite high speed. I reckon people need, you know, the question just like, how are you? Uh, the people people just ask that like, good fact, how are you? <laughs> Someone writing a really good article on this about like, that, if that question were asked sincerely and answered sincerely, you actually generate a pretty good conversation. Um, like you see all these people like, uh, like yeah, I just, I just think it's, yeah, you know what, that's a pretty good question to ask, but sincerely. Slack, the messaging app that powers internal conversations at many companies, has announced this week that they will allow admins of a workspace to download the workspace's data. Not just the data from public chat channels, but also the private chat channels. Someone tweeted funnily, congrats on everyone getting fired. <laughs> like legit, legit though, I'm serious. <laughs> when you think of robots, the first thing that occurs to you is probably not a robotic fish. I would argue that from now on it should be, because this little guy, this little guy is pretty awesome. Created by engineers at MIT, it promises to provide privileged access to life in the ocean. In the case of a human diver or traditional submersible, fishies are all too fast to dart off. With our friend Robofish, <laughs> they are happy to swim alongside. Scientists hope that it will allow us to see new and exciting things in our waters. Alright folks, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's instalment of The Zip Files. If you got a singular micron of utility from listening to this audio-based tech news catch-up review, then please consider sharing The Zip Files with your friends and enemies. Many thank yous. Until next Sunday, enjoy your venti cappuccinos and have a great week. Music